right, grab your Bibles and get ready. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Um, kindness, again, I'm, I'm surprised, I don't know why, but I, I probably shouldn't be, that the message on kindness fell today. Um, because maybe we need to, a reminder. If anybody spent any time this week and the last couple days on Facebook uh, and you've read what people are writing, some of you have written some of those things. <laughs> we need a lesson in kindness. We need to be kind people. We need uh, to be reminded uh, that we are to season our words with salt in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you teach us today what this means, that this is not an exercise uh, in going to church and checking off a spiritual duty, but Lord, you do surgery on our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's hear it. Uh, don't put it up, but let's hear, the, let's hear Galatians 5, 22, 23. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is... Against such things, there is no law. Good job, guys. Amen. Uh, that wasn't hard, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's where we're at today. Kindness. There was a survey taken a number of years back that asked several questions about the general state of kindness in our country. Uh, it's kind of an old survey. I have a feeling it would probably come out the same if we did it today, but it said 89% uh, of the respondents indicated that there was a, uh, an, an issue of unkindness in our country, that they thought most people were unkind to one another. 89%. Um, I would agree. But here's the interesting part. Only 1% said that they were part of the issue of unkindness, <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't that so true of how we see ourselves? It's everybody else, isn't it? And I think if, if anything, uh, the last 24, 48, 72 hours <laughs> have shown us that we think everything is everybody else, but it's not us. I want you to consider today that maybe it is you and that maybe it is me. Let's consider this. Uh, we read this a moment ago, but it's Colossians 3, 12. It's going to be up on the screen in a moment. It says, put on then, in other words, clothe yourselves in. This is active. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's interesting. We've talked about fruit of the Spirit, and over and over again I've said fruit of the Spirit is not something that you can just you can just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to be these things, right? They're fruit of the Spirit within us, the Spirit transforming us, the work of God within us. But there's also a truth in Scripture, and Paul talks about it over and over again, that some of these things are things we have to do. Uh, the Christian life is not all about God transforming us and us doing nothing. It's not. He says over and over again, there are things we are to do. Paul says very clearly, put on then, clothe yourselves then, as God's chosen one, you're holy and beloved, put these things on, a compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And again, as I mentioned before, a good working definition for us today of kindness is love in action. That's easy. You can write that down. You can remember that. Kindness is love in action. And again, we sang so many songs about mercy because the kindness of God and the love of God in action is his mercy for us in Christ. That he didn't say, okay, the, my wrath is upon you for sin and there's no hope, lightning bolt, you're done. While that's true, without Christ, with Christ, 
He'll look down and he'll see you, but he'll see you through the lens of Christ because Christ has saved you and he'll say, you're mine. Christ, the, 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 the advocate, the lawyer, the stand-in, the mediator. Remember, Scripture, there's only one mediator between God and man. It's not a priest, it's not a pastor, it's not me. Uh, it's not the Bible, it's not anything else. It's Jesus Christ. One mediator between God and man. When God looks at you, if you're in Christ, you have been saved by Jesus Christ, you've been washed and filled with him, sealed by the Holy Spirit. He sees you and Jesus Christ says, he's with me, I've saved him. And God says, I love you and you're, I'm, I'm good with you. Your sins are forgiven. That's God's mercy for us. Mercy in action. Kindness is love in action. So first, when we put on kindness, we think about clothing ourselves in kindness, and we think about having the spirit, uh, the spiritual fruit of kindness in us. Uh, we are talking first about putting on sensitivity towards others. We're not very good at this because we're selfish, <laughs> right? Me, mine, I. We love ourselves. We love ourselves. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you not look only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. Uh, again, Paul is, is, is pointing out to us uh, an inconsistency within us that we, although we're supposed to be looking out for the interest of others, we often only look out for our own interest. So Paul is reminding us, part of being kind uh, is putting on... Um, putting on love, putting on kindness, and looking out for the interests of others. Um, there's two things I want you to note here. First of all, the people sitting around you are all having a hard time today. In one way or another, all of us are having a hard time with something. It could be a hard time with COVID. It could be a hard time with things going on in our country. It could be a hard time at home with a spouse, with a child, uh, with a sickness, with an illness. Um, my mom's at home today, but, but, but my mom and my dad were both in the hospital again this week. My dad's still there. My mom's back home. Hey, mom. She's watching. Uh, she texted me today, said she, she got up. She's doing well, and she's watching, so we're glad you're here. Um, we are all having a hard time. Something is, is difficult for every one of us. The second thing you need to note here is that one of the things, uh, one of the number one, and there's several number one things I like this. I, I wrote these down, and I'm like, they're all number one. You're going to find that out today. There's a lot of number ones. One of the number one things that keeps us from being kind is being busy. We're too busy sometimes to be kind. We have too much going on. We, we, again, selfishness. My agenda, my schedule, my life, uh, these things get in our way from being kind. If I asked you this question, what are the three greatest emotional needs of the people closest to you this week, would you be able to answer them? Are you, are you in tune with the, excuse me, with the people you're closest to, your husband, your wife, your spouse, uh, your child, um, the people that live in your house, uh, your friends, your family? Are you, are you in close enough tune with them to be able to know what their needs are? Kindness starts with a way of looking at what others are going through and being aware and being sensitive. Now, it seems like a no-brainer, right? Uh, we should, uh, as Christians, be kind. It just seems like a no-brainer. Um, but if you've been around at all <laughs> for very long, you know that that's not always true. I found a quote by William Barclay, and I don't often read quotes, um, but I'm going to read this one today. 
because I think this really hits it on the head. It says, more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world, but often we, we want to major on theology, right? Kindness has brought more people to church than Christian theology, and more people have been driven by, from the church by the hardness and ugliness of so-called Christianity than all the doubts in the world. Um, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We can be our own worst enemy. God says, be kind. And that starts with being sensitive. That starts with, with, with realizing that you are selfish <laughs> and I am selfish. And we need to look to the needs of others. When we put on kindness, we're also learning to be supportive. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Did you know that? Anxiety. Anybody ever, you've, you've been anxious and you can feel the weight, you can feel the burden. I have felt that on and off this week. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has felt that. Uh, and it's not about things going on out there. It's about other things. Anxiety can weigh us down. But listen to what it says. A good word makes him glad. Have you ever been having a bad day? You've been anxious. You've been burdened. You've been weary. And somebody says something nice to you. That can turn your day, can't it? A kind word, a kind action, a kind response uh, in a difficult moment can really turn your day. Do you remember how ruthless kids were at school? Anybody? You might, maybe you were one of the ruthless ones. <laughs> Some of you. Were you a ruthless one? I knew it. <laughs> I, uh, that's okay, but God saved you. Now you're not a ruthless one. Some of us were the ruthless ones. Some of us were the ones that were picked on. We were, it was ruthless in the school playground, wasn't it, sometimes? It was ruthless. Um, kids in, in those days would exploit every weakness, rub every failure, uh, point out every uh, inconsistency. Everything was up for grabs. And you'd go home, and maybe your mom said this to you, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right? You've heard that, right? Guess what? That is a lie. That is, that is not true. Uh, probably most all of us in this room can think of words somebody said at some time that haunt us to this moment. Um, I know that that's true for me. I know that's true for Lydia. Lydia and I are married almost 30 years now, so we know each other's stories and backgrounds. And I know that both of us have things that were said to us when we were younger that are still with us today. Thank God that we know the truth. But sometimes you still hear those voices in the background. Negative things, anxiety in a man's heart will weigh him down, but a good word makes him glad. So the question is, how much do you support others with your words? If we know our words have power, if we know they have power to hurt or to heal, how do we use them? How are you using your words? This is, this is that oh no moment. Um, my father-in-law was a pastor for many years, and he used to say amen or oh me. And for some of us, it's an oh me moment because maybe we haven't been using our words right. Do you lift people up or do you put them down? Do you nag or do you brag on your spouse, on your children? What are you doing? Um, we can all nag, can't we? Have I nagged at all this week? Lydia, don't answer that. I'm sure I have once or twice. I'm sure. We, it, it, it comes out, doesn't it? It's easy to nag. But God says we need to speak to others with good words. If I were to have a contest... This is a good one. And I was going to give you a dollar for every kind word you said in the last year. But I was going to take away a dollar for every negative word. What would happen? <laughs> anybody, anybody end in the positive? 
Do I, I don't even see any hands. Maybe you're just shy. You're just humble. Anybody you would end in the negative, you're just absolutely certain. You're not going to raise your No one's raised. Oh, I see a hand or two. Okay, there's a couple people that are going to be like, okay, I'll be honest. Yeah. The answer should be, obviously, we end in the positive. So why do we end on the negative side? The Bible teaches us a lot of things about kindness. Put it on in being supportive, being sensitive. Uh, another thing is that we have to learn to be empathetic. And this is hard for some of us. Some of us are, are, are not empathetic. Some of us are naturally empathetic. Any natural I like the word impasse. Any impasse in here? You feel what other people feel? You're empathetic? I know Lydia is. Oh, I mean, I, is it okay if I use your names when I, because this is on, so Giovanna said yes, and um, Louise said yes. Louise almost told me your name. I almost didn't recognize you because of the mask. Can I go with that still? Can I use that? No, I'm kidding. So some people said yes. Uh, it's interesting. I didn't see any guys. Any guys raise your hands? Any natural? Oh, we have a, okay. We have one. Um, Often, I'm not going to say this is always true, but, uh, but women are often more empathetic than men, just naturally anyway. Uh, I'm not going to say that that's, you know, a rule. There are, are empathetic men, obviously. But empathy is not feeling sorry for somebody. That's sympathy. Feeling bad for somebody is being sympathetic. But empathetic is literally feeling what somebody else feels. So somebody's sad about something and they share it with you, you're moved to tears. If somebody's happy about something, they share it with you, you're moved to happiness. If somebody's laughing about something, you're moved to laughter. Um, Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. So there's a, there's a command in scripture even for us to be empathetic. Even if we're not, we're supposed to work on and hone and practice the, the, the action of empathy. Um, Jesus was an empathetic person. Um, we know that uh, one of the shortest verses in all of Scripture, you guys know it probably, right? What was it? Jesus wept, Jesus wept right? <laughs> okay, so Jesus, the Son of God, who is with God in the beginning, he was the agent of creation, is the Word of God, he was God, he was with God, he is God, um, he will be with God at the end, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one trinity. I mean, this is like, he was crying. He didn't give a theological argument. He didn't say, okay, Mary, Martha, it's going to be all right. There's going to be, you know, the, 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 the dead will rise in me uh, and we'll all be around the throne in heaven and everything's going to be okay. He just broke down and cried. Sometimes less words is better. That's part of the thing with empathy. Uh, and I'm not always very good at that. Lydia's, I, I've been learning empathy from Lydia. I think I'm a lot more empathetic now. In fact, um, almost to an irritating point, because sometimes something will happen and I'll have, a, I'll have an emotion and Lydia's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. <laughs> I can't, what, who are you? You've changed. <laughs> Stop being so empathetic. No, she doesn't say that. Um, I think that's something that God's doing in me. And he can do that in each of us. He can teach us to be empathetic. He can teach us to feel what and when others feel. The kindest thing Jesus could do at the moment of Lazarus' death was mourn with the sisters and mourn with the friends and mourn with the family. Sometimes the kindest thing you can do is to mourn with somebody. Somebody loses a loved one, just sit with them and cry or hold them while they cry. 
We don't have to say anything. We don't have to talk. We don't have to give, uh, uh, again, theological evidences uh, of a future hope. We can just be in the moment and feel what they're feeling. Now, that goes for uh, parents with teenagers, too. Uh, parents, you know, teenagers, the, the teenage years are emotional years, right? Yeah, they, they, well, yours are coming. <laughs> Some of you are not there yet. Um, if they come home and, and something's happened, it's the, at that moment the biggest thing that could possibly happen. The, the, the cold thing that we as parents will often do and say, it's okay, it'll be better, you know? It, it, don't worry about this, this too shall pass, right? <laughs> like, no, this is a big deal. Just sit with them and be sad with them. Just let them be sad and be sad along with them. Uh, we don't say it's a stage, you'll grow out of it. Um, stuff like that doesn't help. We have to learn to be empathetic with our family, with our friends, with our spouses, with our kids. In order to be truly kind, we have to learn to be straightforward also. There's, there's an element of kindness that's, that's coming to the point with stuff, right? When we have uh, a friend, you remember the old saying, um, friends don't let friends drive drunk. I don't know if they even use that slogan anymore. Um, but it's true. Sometimes friends have to say hard things, right? Sometimes being kind and loving somebody means being straight, being pointed, being uh, able to say, this is going on in your life. Um, often we will say things like, it's not really my business, so I'm not going to say anything. You ever done that? Uh, a friend had something going on, and instead of saying something, you kind of were like, uh, I'm not going to say anything. Problem with that is sometimes if you don't say something, something bad will happen, right? It will end in a, in a bad way. Uh, when you go to a doctor, which would you rather have? Would you rather have the, the doctor say, if you don't have this surgery, you're going to die? <laughs> or would you rather him say, it'll probably be okay. We'll just hope for the best. And just, you know, go home and everything's going to be all right. Which would you rather have? Number one, the first one. As painful as it would be to sit down with the doctor and the doctor say, if you don't have the surgery, you're going to die. We want the truth in that moment, don't we? And sometimes that's true in our relationship. Sometimes we have to be truthful. I'm not saying sometimes we shouldn't be truthful. But, you know, there, there are some things we shouldn't say. And you have to manage that yourself. You have to find out, is this a moment for comfort? Is this a moment to comfort somebody or is this a moment to confront somebody? And I can't answer you in all that. You, you, you'll have to take that moment by moment in prayer. Uh, the truth is always the right answer. Listen to this. Ephesians 4.15 says, Rather speaking the truth in love... Then he says we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. But the first part of that is what I want to fo we'll focus on. He says speak the truth in love. Because often um, when we do get around to telling the truth to somebody or speaking the truth to somebody, how do we do it? Awkwardly. <laughs> Hard. Um, we slam it on them. We, do it in, we wait until we're angry about something. And we say something like, you know what the problem with you is? Anybody ever said that to you, <laughs> right? You know what? The, the thing that follows is probably going to be true, but that's a terrible way to tell it to somebody, isn't it? You, so, so write that down. Never start out 
a, a confrontation where you're going to ch- share the truth in love with somebody using the words. You know what the problem with you is? That's just scratch that out. Don't use that one. We have to learn that at the moment when we have to share the truth with somebody, we do it in love. We do it in kindness. We do it quietly. We do it in a moment where we're not upset, <laughs> a moment where we're not angry about something. And we pray about it, confront or comfort, all right? Last thing, we are intentional with kindness. Um, I, I wrote this down um, because it, it occurred to me this week that opportunities to show kindness don't last. Did you, did you ever think about that? Opportunities to show kindness often have a shelf life. They have an expiration date. And I'll give you some examples. But first, Galatians 6.10 says this. It says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who have the household of faith. So uh, Paul here is saying, do good to everybody as you have opportunity, but especially those who are believers. But he's not saying in ex- it, it, the exception of everybody else, only believers, everybody, but especially those who are in the household of faith. Um, okay, so opportunities to show kindness. We've all done this. Um, somebody does something nice for you. They, they buy you a gift. They give you something. And, and you go home and you say, I really need to write them a thank you note. Anybody? And two weeks later, you're like, okay, there's still a window. It's closing. And like a month and a half later, you, you find that note that they gave you again. And you're like, oh, I didn't do it. But now it would be awkward to send a thank you note. So you don't. There's, there's a... There's a a window of opportunity. There's a, an expiration date, a shelf life, at least mentally there, right? You move into a new neighborhood or right now, um, our neighbors to the left and the right, I don't think it's because of us, have both moved out. I don't, again, don't think it's our fault. <laughs> but you say to yourself, I'm going to meet the neighbors. We did that when we moved here to Elmwood Park. That was one of the things. It's like, we're not going to fail on this. We're not going to mess this up. We're going to meet all the neighbors. And we did. We met all the neighbors next to us and the ones next to them. And sometimes even the ones next to them and all the ones across the street. You know, so about eight or 10 houses around us, we know everybody. And even across the alley, we know most of those people. Um, Because I didn't want to mess that up. But have you ever done that? You move somewhere, somebody new moves in, and you're like, I really need to meet them. I need to bring them a cake. You know, and then like two years later, you're like, dang, I forgot to meet that neighbor. And you still don't know them. And, and so mentally, we're like, the, the, it would be really awkward. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, hi, you moved in two years ago, and I just wanted to meet you. I brought you a cake. I mean, you could do that. And, and you really, there's really no reason you couldn't. But at least mentally, that, that, that shelf life on the opportunity to be kind in that situation and to meet them has expired. So what I'm getting at is if you have the slightest inclination today or right now or this afternoon or this week or next week to do something kind, to say something to somebody, to do something for somebody, do it. Do it in that moment. Have you, learned, have you learned that lesson in life yet? Um, I'm still learning this lesson. I'm getting better at it because this happens to me sometimes at work. Maybe it happens to you at work. You have a, a bunch of things going around in your head and you think, I should really do this, and then you don't do it. I should really do this, and you don't do it. And in three or four or five days have gone by, and you're like, wow, I'm late on doing this, and now maybe it's even too late to do it. I, I'm learning the lesson that when things come to my mind, I write them down on the list of things I'm going to do before the end of the day, and I do them. 
Um, maybe you might need to learn that lesson still. I don't know. Um, but add those kind things. Make a list. Put it on your phone. Whatever you need to do. Or drop everything in the moment and do it. Send a text. Make a call. Uh, give somebody a gift. Whatever it is. If you have any inclination whatsoever in your day, in your week, to do something, grasp it at that moment because there might be an expiration on it that you're not even thinking about. All right? Classic example of being spontaneous comes from uh, Luke chapter 10. Uh, Jesus is telling a parable uh, when he is responding to a question, who is my neighbor? And he tells a story about uh, a man who's traveling and he falls under thieves, thieves beat him up. We don't know all of what happened, but he's laying at the side of the road. Uh, a priest goes by, it doesn't help him. A Levite goes by, it doesn't help him. A Samaritan, uh, a person of a, of a culture that didn't mesh with this culture. People who are against each other, okay? He sees this guy laying there, and at the moment, it doesn't matter to him what race, culture, denomination, language, whatever. He, he doesn't care what this guy is. He goes to him, and he helps him. Is there an expiration on that moment to, be, uh, to show kindness? Yeah, because the guy is either going to get helped by somebody else or die, right? So, I mean, the expiration for a kindness opportunity is there. There's a window that's closing. He helps the man. He takes him to a place. He heals, uh, you know, what it says. He, he washes his wounds. He binds him. He puts him up in an inn. He pays the man in the inn for a couple, uh, uh, for, for a period of time. And he gives him some money. And he says, I'll pass back by in a couple days. Um, when I do, if there's anything else that's owed for this man's uh, stay and his health or whatever, I'll pay it at that moment. Just let me know when I come back. He took that, that opportunity to be kind. And the kindness opportunity, again, it didn't matter about who this guy was. He was a total stranger. And he was a, a, he was a them. You know, there's us and there's them. He was a them. Whatever the them is that you want to put into that. There's a lot of us's and them's right now in our country, aren't there? It doesn't matter who the us's and the them's are when it comes to biblical Christianity, when it comes to following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All of God's creation in humanity are image bearers of Christ. And they're deserving of our love and our kindness because God sent his son to die for them. So we show kindness. We show kindness. Would you do that for a total stranger? In a culture where we're, we're liable to ask, um, are they us or are they them? Uh, or maybe this, in a culture where we're, we're liable to ask, is this tax deductible? You know, a lot of times we think about that in church. It's like, yeah, I'd like to give. Is it tax deductible? And I'm not throwing any shade on anybody over that. But it doesn't matter what we get out of this. And listen, not only do kindness opportunities have an expiration date, but they're always going to cost you something. They're going to cost you in time. They're going to cost you in money. Uh, they're going to cost you in, in awkwardness. <laughs> Sometimes we avoid things because they're awkward. I said a, a minute ago, busy was one of the things that kept us, right? That was one of the number ones. Another one of the number ones is awkward. Do, who likes awkward stuff? Who avoids awkward situations? 
Right, actively avoids. Some people actively avoid awkward situations. Sometimes kindness is going to be awkward. Sometimes it's going to be weird. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but we don't shirk away from those. True kindness is always going to cost us something. There's always going to be a price tag. The Good Samaritan paid a bill. It wasn't free. He took time, he took effort, and he took money to take care of this guy. There's another thing that keeps us from being kind. It's the elephant in the room. Sometimes we're not kind because we don't care. Sometimes it's just flat out. You've said it. I've said it. It's not my problem. Anybody? Just be honest. I'm not going to help that person. I'm not going to get involved in their mess because it's not my problem. Sometimes we, we just don't care. Sometimes we're too cheap. We don't want to spend the money. Sometimes we don't want to spend the time. You know, the, the I don't care one, I think, is the most egregious, though, right? Because that, that, that puts the, the sensitivity, the empathy, everything about a Christ follower, it just takes all that and throws it out. Maybe one of the things we need to do in coming to grips with real kindness is ask the, God, ask, ask the Father, uh, the God in heaven, to give us uh, a sense of his heart. That we have the empathy like he has. When he sees a person, that he feels what they feel. I mean, he created them, so he knows them. Maybe we need to have that as well. We need to ask the Father, just help us to feel. Help us to feel something again. And maybe this is speaking to you today because you keep your feelings, mm, Bottled in, pushed down, protected. You've got the, the walls up. Nothing's going to get in. Nothing's going to make me feel anything. Maybe one of the first steps of being kind is learning to feel again. And maybe the Father needs to do a work in you and in me to help us feel so that we're not busy and we're not stingy and we're not lazy <laughs> and we're not indifferent towards others man it is so easy to just throw stuff out there in social media isn't it it's so easy just to get caught up you you write something and all of a sudden you're in a mess um lydia we we, we i rarely I, I get on facebook i click on elmwood park community church and i post positive things that's about all i do on facebook I have a lot of friends that are missionaries all over the world. So most of the posts that come up on mine are really good stuff. And they're not about anything that's going on here. It's all about mission work around the world. So I'll check and see what they're saying periodically. But I had one friend and he's like, this was yesterday. He's like, so far I have, I have um, snoozed 30 people. I could do this all day. I haven't had that experience, but Lydia has. How many people have you snoozed? She doesn't even know. So many. Snooze, snooze, snooze. <laughs> because people are just saying stuff. It's like, this is, this, is not, this is not kindness. This is not how uh, we are supposed to relate to one another. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. Wait till we get to self-control Sunday. Woo. Woo-wee. 
Who can you be kind to this week? Who can you be? I saw somebody look at their mom. Were you looking at your mom? Oh, oh, we, you were saying, I'll be, he leaned over and said, I'll be kind to you, mom. That's what he said, right? Yeah. Oh, could it be possible that you could be kinder at home? Is it possible? Kinder at home, kinder with your spouse, kinder with your kids, kinder with your parents, right? Could you be kinder at work? Um, maybe there's a new guy at work. Maybe there's an old guy at work. <laughs> uh, the grumpy guy at work, whatever. Somebody you just need to be kind to. I have seen kindness do amazing things. Uh, and I'm sure, I hope all of us have, but I'm sure some of us have seen kindness create a new friend. You would be shocked what kindness will do. Barbara? Barbara told me, can I tell your story? Barbara told me a story this morning. She grabbed me and she said, I got to tell you a story. And I don't know if you told me this because it was kindness day or what, but she works at a library. I don't really know what Barbara used to be like. I only know the redeemed Barbara, the Barbara who, who, who has been saved and, and we baptized her here and now she's walking in Christ and she's telling, uh, telling us all the time about the, the amazing things that God's doing. But she said it was a lady at work who was kind of difficult. And she got Barbara this week, and she, what did you, you say it real quick, and then I'll repeat it so everybody at home can hear it. So she, so she grabbed Barbara this week, and she said, you know what, Barbara, there's something about you that calms everybody here at work. You know what that something is? <laughs> it's Jesus Christ in Barbara. And that's what the kindness, yeah, right, <laughs> applaud that. That's awesome. But that's not Barbara, that's God. God did that, right? Barbara would never want to, never want to revel in the applause of man because that's not Barbara's thing. Um, to give the credit to God. God can do that in you. You may have been a real, you know what? God can change you and make you into something new. He can make you kind and he can see kindness change you and change those around you. But you know what the kindest thing you can do for somebody, though, is to share Jesus Christ as you have opportunity. Um, and, and do you see how difficult it is to share Christ when you're not kind? That's a window that closes too real quickly, isn't it? When you have an opportunity to share your faith with somebody, but you've been a jerk, the window might not really be closed, but in your mind it is. Because you suddenly realize, I'm an inconsistent person. <laughs> I want to tell this person about Christ, but I've been a real jerk. Well, there's two ways you can go about it. You can just go on and just, okay, okay, I'm just going to forget about that one. I messed that one up. You can always go back to that person and say, hey, look, I was a real jerk. <laughs> but Jesus Christ has saved me. He's changing me, and I need to apologize to you. And by the way, let me tell you about I mean, you can... You can move beyond your mess-ups with a person. But man, if you are living kindness, if you're living, if you've seen a transformation in your life and people around you are noticing it and they're saying, man, there's something different about you. We should all be hearing that. You are a kind and calming influence at work. We should all, we should all hope and pray to have that kind of response from people. And that's the moment when you say, well, you know, I can only, excuse me, I can only be this way because of what Jesus Christ has done in me.
And we take that opportunity and just, just give credit to God. The Christian life is a life of kindness. I read um, Titus chapter 3. Uh, I think I've got a little bit. No, I've got Colossians up here, but we'll get to that in just a second. Read kind, uh, chapter 3 in Titus this week. I read it a moment ago. Um, just read through that because it talks about the kindness of God in flesh in Christ. If you're ever going to be like Jesus Christ, and, and you're not going to be able to manufacture that yourself. That's a, a transformation that God does. But we have got to do our part in putting on the things we are told to put on. Right there. As you have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Remember, put on compassionate heart and kindness. Put those things on this week. The Bible also mentions, husbands, a little word to you briefly, that kindness is one of the marks of leadership, spiritual leadership in the home. So husbands, you have a, a role, you have a job, you have uh, a man. Um, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because we're not always apt to respond in kindness. Sometimes we respond in shortness and in harshness and in irritatedness. It happens. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you've memorized Galatians 5, 22 and 23. If we are not acting to be kind, if we're not showing kindness, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control with our families at home, um, then, then we're failing to test as leaders in our own house. We have to get a hold of that. Um, that's something that's really important. So men, husbands, uh, the mark of Christ-likeness is love in action, and that's kindness. Uh, two things, two projects for the week. First one, find somewhere to be kind. Find somewhere to serve. Uh, it could be here in the church. We do, in spite of the fact that things are a little weird, there are places to serve in this church. Um, we have folks that are serving us right now. Sound guys, hey, everybody up there. There's three people up there now. Maricel's still learning. Chad's up there learning a the new software. Uh, Jordan's up there too. Um, we need more people. Uh, anybody else want to get involved in that? There's something you can do. Um, singing, playing instruments. Um, we've got other things going on. We've got the clothes closet. You can talk to Debbie about that. We've got the food pantry. You can talk to Jan about that. Uh, lots of opportunities to serve. Uh, serving is one way we can be kind to one another. It's one way we can be kind to our community too, especially if you are serving in an outward-facing ministry, the clothes closet, the food pantry, or something else. Uh, you can always talk to Faith. Uh, Faith's talking about um, some things that we're going to do in our community. In, in case you didn't know, uh, Faith is kind of uh, leading us and thinking in that direction, the community-facing type things. What can we do in the communities? One of the things that she's working on right now with the social workers, I'm just going to take a real quick moment to read it. She says, Thanksgiving's around the corner, and as you know, we've done Christmas baskets in the past, and we're going to work to create 10 baskets this time. Uh, we have the baskets in our office, but we're going to gather food, so um, we're going to put, do we have the box out in the lobby yet? Not yet. Okay. We're going to put donation boxes in the front lobby. Um, contact either Faith or Jan if you have food. Is that right, Jan? That's what it says here. I'm <laughs> just reading what I'm given. But here are the things we need. 10 of these, right? Okay, so 10 12 to 16 pound turkeys, 10 three pound bags of potatoes. Do they make a three pound bag of potatoes? Oh, it was like a five pound. Is it? They do make a three pound. They do? I don't know. 
If they make a three-pound bag, we need 10 of them. If they make a five, we need 10 of those. Okay, I don't know. I shot, but I just grabbed the big bag. Jars of gravy, uh, boxes of cornbread mix, roasting pans, boxes of stuffing, pumpkin pies, and canned vegetables. Um, if you're able to donate uh, any, all of those, how much ever amounts, uh, get with Jan, get with Faith, uh, so we can coordinate getting that together. Uh, we've already had one family from the community write this week. They wrote Lydia and said, hey, we need help this year. Uh, we're also coordinating with the social worker at Elm Elementary, uh, Elmwood Elementary, who's going to be coordinating with us to get those baskets into the hands of families who need it. Um, so there's another way you can be kind. So that's one. Find a place to serve. The another one is this one. Do, I'm not going to give you a number, but do some secret acts of kindness this week. Home, work, friends, family, church, it doesn't matter where. But here's the one rule. You can't ask them later <laughs> about it. It's like, hey, did you, what did you think about those flowers? <laughs> no. Did you notice that box of candy? You know, or you, you just, you do it. And the reward is in the act, not the response, okay? So find a place to serve, inward facing. Um, again, oh, that's another thing I thought of. Um, the Benners, and who else? Dick, uh, and I think Jan, the four of you are at least talking right now about getting a rotation of folks who are greeting again. Um, if you want to do that, that's an inward facing. It's also outward facing because we'll have guests. Uh, you want to get involved with, talk to one of them about getting involved with that. But find it either an inward or an outward facing or both, ministry or some kind of thing to be involved in. That's one. The other one, secret act of kindness, all right? Or, or multiple ones. Originally, I had written seven, but I don't want to put a, a number on it because maybe you want to do more than seven. Seven's easy because it's one a day, um, but maybe it's not easy because now you're like, trying to wrangle your brain and think, did I do any kind acts last week? M maybe, you know, think about that for a minute. Did I do any kind acts last week? And, and if you didn't, maybe seven is a, whew, that might be a lot. So, all right, those two things. Uh, and then let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this message, for this time together. Uh, I pray that as you um, continue to change us and transform us, we will learn to be kind um, Heavenly Father, I thank you that um, your spirit does an amazing work in us um, and that you call us to be partners in that by, uh, by Paul's words where he says, put on kindness. So Lord, we acknowledge that you're working in us, that you're transforming us, that you're filling us with the spirit and that that fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, but we also, Lord, acknowledge that you have called us to be an active participant in that, uh, especially today as we talk about kindness. So, Lord, teach us what it means to put on kindness. Help us to check our mouths, to check our minds, uh, to check our hearts, and to respond calmly and quietly and kindly this week. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for uh, the salvation that he gives each who ask uh, without, uh, without fault, without question. If we call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that you have raised your son Jesus Christ from the dead, Lord, you have promised that you would save us.
And Lord, we thank you for that. Uh, For those of us who are in Christ, Lord, we thank you for our salvation. For those of us who are looking uh, from the outside in and wondering about it, Lord, I pray that you continue to to lead and teach and guide and direct um, that um, more and more people that we know, uh, whether it's uh, folks on the internet that are watching today, folks that are here, friends and family that we're sharing with, more and more folks will come uh, to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they'll see transformation in their lives. Uh, Lord, we thank you again for your son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.